Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. Another week in the books. It's the weekend, meaning it's time for us, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio and Trevor producer Mark Hunter at the controls. The part of Jeff Smith today will be capably played by the lovely and talented Brooke Watts from Star Ranch in Austin, Texas. Brooke, as they say, how y'all doing? I'm doing fine. How are y'all doing? <laughs> We're that doing always well. cracks y'all up. It does, man. It's just, it's just you know, we're in the pseudo-South here in Kentucky. Yes. We're we're in a place where we really have some really strong <laughs> identity crises going on. <laughs> yeah. You know, cuz we like to think of ourselves as a southern state, but you can't be 2 miles from the Indiana border and really be in the south. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um that is true. So Very we just true. you're south of something. Yes, well well, yeah, we're we're south of we're south of Indianapolis. Yeah. South exactly. of Chicago. That's right. Yeah. But, That's exactly right. <laughs> but here we are. We just, we just, you know, love the affinity. We just want to, you know, rub shoulders with a true Southern gal and, uh, and pretend we're Southern <laughs> for an hour here today. <laughs> Well, that's exactly right. Well, it's an yeah. honor to be here. I always love being on on the show with you guys. We appreciate it too coming on because you know, dare I say, you're uh, you're just as talented and a lot prettier than Jeff. So, you know, we- <laughs> well, thank you, yeah, thank right. you. I, you know, I'd- <laughs> I know, poor <that's> Jeff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he'd be the he'd be the first to agree right, with me. Right. <laughs> poor Jeff. He doesn't he doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> yeah, he's up. Uh, he's up oh, in the in the wilds of Delaware. Or Maryland or somewhere for um, his his daughter Becca's first ever college golf tournament. Mm. Yes, he was telling me about yeah. that. I tell you, I remember mine, and uh, you know, it is, you know, being an instructor and having watched a lot of my students play. I tell you, the first tournament I saw of my students play, I actually sent my parents some flowers saying, "I'm so sorry for what I." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh, I liquefied a piece of gum. I didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> I was a nervous wreck, yeah. and I, I tell you, I, I talked to Jeff, and he and I were laughing. I said, you know, be ready. I tell you that you, you never know. And it's completely out of your control. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's just, it's unbelievable. But I, his kids are great golfers. Of course, they have a tremendous instructor that is living in the house with them, and she's going to do great. Yeah, they also have golf genetically implanted i mean both oh both mama and daddy are fantastic golfers so you can't help it it's- oh ab- absolutely i mean it is just it's going to be they're natural athletes they're natural golfers i mean i do not have that dna i just have sarcasm and uh, <laughs> no. which is why we love you <laughs> <laughs> I, I have that naturally running through my veins and i tell you it, it helps when you're a golfer and sarcastic they just marry beautifully yeah. together also now we're talking about tournaments and nervousness and stuff i was going to ask you how are the girls and that's not a euphemism and that's I'm, I'm asking about your uh, your students. 
<laughs> my students, they're doing great. I tell you, we, uh, we're going through, you know, golf tryouts right now with a mm-hmm. lot of my high schoolers. And golf is becoming a very, very popular sport in the state of Texas, cool. which is great. And there are so many kids that are trying out for the golf teams. And something that's happened over the last couple of years is the kids that have made their varsity golf teams in Texas, it's not a guarantee that they will be varsity every year. So kids have to try out and requalify. And I had some great success with some of my students where um, last week I ended up having two freshman girls qualify for the varsity golf team of their schools and beat out some varsity players. So, you know, it is, it's going well. I've had a lot of good success. My kids uh, are really worked hard this summer and uh, I'm, I'm really proud of them. I'm really, really proud of them. So we are, yeah, golf season's in full swing, as they say, no pun intended. And, uh, and they're exactly, <laughs> and uh, they're, they're going to do great. I know teenage boys um, basically know everything there is to know <laughs> and feel that anybody over the age of 21 is just plain stupid. <laughs> Are girls easier to you know, deal I, with? Not necessarily. Okay. You know, I've got boys and girls that I work with. Oh, okay. um, you know, I, the the majority of my uh, business is working with competitive golfers, middle schoolers, high schoolers, collegiate players, mm-hmm. and I've got a mix of boys and girls. And it's interesting. I mean, it depends on the individual. I've got uh, some girls that are super laid back that are not dramatic and they'll listen to anything you say. I've got some boys that are high, high maintenance. I love all of them. I love the personality of each one of them. Uh, you know, you got to cater to what their personalities are like in order to make the, the lesson effective. But, sure. you know, it, it really depends. You know, I, true story, I had this happen last week where uh, I had a middle schooler where I asked her at the beginning of her lesson after she hit three balls, I said, "You did you practice this last week? And she just had this look of bewilderment on her face. And I said, <laughs> Did you did you practice this what, last week? What is this thing you call practice? <laughs> oh, oh boy! No, she, she takes takes it a step further. Said something I swear I've never heard before. She's like, "Well, I kind of practiced." And I said, "What does that, that even mean?" And she said, "Well, I used an air golf club." And I said, "Excuse me?" And she said, "An, an air golf club." She said, "You know, I kind of pretended that I was holding it in my bedroom, and I kind of swung it." And I said, "That's not practice at all." And I kid you not, her, her response was, "Well, I didn't know I was." supposed to hold a real golf club in practice and i was like okay well let's make a note when you practice you actually got to hold a ball a club and hit a ball so now that we've got that straight but please not in your bedroom right. <laughs> exactly exactly I, I, and that's one reason i love working with kids and you never know what they're going to say i mean i had the same experience with adults too i never know what they're going to say either yeah. i love it it's just great material it's the next reality show gentlemen i'm telling you you know i i have show. i have contemplated that we, we need to Add it to the web, rep, to the stable of things we do. I don't speak French. Just repertoire. Oh. It's easier done than said. Yeah, I know that's right. Hey, what we're going to be talking about as the show progresses, uh, we're going to be talking about routine and uh, and the yes. importance thereof. And practice becomes an important element in that routine. Yes, I have said that, ladies and gentlemen. I have said that. I have converted. I have seen the light. See, I broke 80 because I practiced. And I went, oh, well, you know, maybe this isn't too bad after all. We're going to get to a whole bunch of great stuff and have a lot of fun doing it when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't you move.
Hey, welcome back. Thanks for hanging. We are those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio from Star Ranch in Austin, Texas. Brooke Watts capably filling in the shoes of uh, Jeff Smith, uh, except I believe she wears socks. Jeff doesn't. Uh, capably producing, of course, intrepid producer Mark Hunter at the controls. We are collectively known as those weekend golf guys. You are collectively known as the smartest people in the world for hanging out with us. We do appreciate you being here. Thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Check out the website. Like us on Facebook, please. Facebook.com slash golfguys. And you can follow us on Twitter at WKND Golf Guys. I broke a cardinal rule, Brooke, and I've got to, oh, confess, no. I've got to confess. Okay. Get I, it out, John. I played a painful round on Sunday. Okay. We, we had a we had a, a guy and and we invited him to come play with us after we got off the air on Sunday here in Louisville, and it was it was it was awful. Um, <laughs> guy did not make a full swing. His his body and his arms were like one cohesive unit. Okay. And his All arms right. his arms would come back as far as he could turn, which was not quite halfway up. And when gotcha. his okay. when his body stopped turning, he stopped his swing and then proceeded to hit the ball, uh, and again went about halfway back up the other way, which is great if you're you know ten yards off a green and you're chipping. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, a little chip shot. Little on the run. tee of a four hundred and twenty yard par four, they ain't going to get you very far. <laughs> That is <laughs> true, you know, very it, true, unless you're downwind. It, yeah, in a hurricane. <laughs> uh, right, then it'll really work for you. Yeah, I bit my tongue for three holes, you know, with the, oh, that was pretty good, man. I think we can find it, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And then about the fourth right. hole, uh, the, the guy that was playing with me said, why don't we just, like, do a scramble format? I said, yeah, great <laughs> idea. That way, at least he'll have fun because, you know, he'll exactly. get there and, and, so, and speed it along. So that's what we did. But it got so painful, Brooke. I know I shouldn't have said anything because I have no business telling anybody anything. I have no business trying to impart technique to someone playing golf at all. But I couldn't stand it. So what advice did you give him? I, I said, man, when this. your body stops, your arms got to keep going, man. You know, I said, you play baseball? He said, well, yeah. And I, I did the the baseball swing that looked like what his golf swing was doing. I said, is that how you swing a bat? Because that's called a bunt, buddy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Did well, And I bet he could relate he to could that. He could relate did, to that, he, but he couldn't change. He couldn't do it. I tell you, that is one of the things that's probably the hardest of you know somebody that's been playing a long time, and then they have this – swing pattern that they've ingrained into their i mean dna almost of i mean it's like changing eye color of it's just some some swing changes are very very hard for people to uh to make and i'll man i'll tell you a story and this happened to me in college i was playing in a tournament the texas women amateur i got asked at the last second to play and it was a match play format and i ended up making it to uh the thursday round and if you won your match thursday morning you got to play thursday afternoon immediately so i won my match thursday morning and i was you know grabbed a sandwich and i was about to tee off again to play my second match of the day and everyone said do you know who you're playing against and i said no i have no clue who i'm playing against and i was the youngest person in the tournament and everyone said we want to see your face when you see your opponent and i'm like okay 
kid you not, it's this older woman that walks up. She's probably about 79 years old. Oh, jeez. And, and I'm thinking, and it's in Texas, and it's in June, and it is just hotter than Hades out there. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to go. We're going to go 10 holes. I'm going to wrap this thing up, and I'll be <laughs> in the pool. If we did not go 21 holes, oh. and she tells me on the first hole, I kid you not, she said, I'm actually legally blind. I'm going to need you to help me find the golf ball. And I'm like, of course. Well, when you're right down the middle of the fairway, I uh-huh. mean, it is so easy. And uh-huh. I mean, she it takes her about three or four shots to get on the green, and she one putt every single green. But her backswing was a similar thing, where it was maybe wasty, but boy, she made it work for. Her, and that yeah. was one of the most um, humbling and one of the most memorable experiences of my tournament career. Of you know, people do it different ways, but yeah. my gosh, you know, sometimes they can make it work. And yeah, Harvey well, said it best: if they if they made it that far, they've done something right. This guy was not making it work. <laughs> you know, and then there's that. It was like thirty <laughs> yards, thirty yards, maybe an inch above the ground, maybe. And, oh wow! Uh, and okay. like I, I said, our, our reaction lot was, "Hey, that, that's a pretty decent shot, man. I think we can find that one." Um, <laughs> Did you, know. you give him mine or Jeff's card? You did, right, John? Well, uh, it, you know, it got to the point. Got to the point where, out of frustration, he said, "Well, what would you suggest I do?" And I said, "I suggest you go take some lessons." <laughs> I'm sorry, man. man you're you're, you're a, two great people. You're a friend of mine, but this this is painful. I can't uh, I can't do oh. this anymore. But uh, it's never a good sign in the middle of your round, or you're maybe in the middle of you know hole two, and you hear someone shout out, "Let's do a scramble." Yeah, you know, yeah. Clear, that's never a good sign. Yeah, <laughs> and and the other thing we did to ease the pain was we bought him lots of beer. Mm-hmm. We were we were no, like, "Here, is... when in doubt, just drink yeah. heavy, buddy." Well, you got to hydrate. You know, we've talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. stay hydrated there. So it is a good call, John. Yeah. Way to way to think outside the box. Yeah, I yeah. Like it. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Hey, this is this is water. It only tastes like vodka. Go ahead, <laughs> drink lots. <laughs> Just chug that sixteen ounce bottle for me, would you please? <laughs> oh man! But at least he did it the same way every time. So I guess that'll that'll free up the yeah. things move a little smoother. Yeah. Yes. The it was a terrible swing, but it was repeatable. So uh, I guess there's something to be said for that. Repeatable swings, other types of routines. Yeah, we're going to tackle it when we come right back. And we will come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. We want you to come right back. Actually, don't come right back. Hang out. And we'll be back after the break. We'd be back, and I have never broken a promise to you. John Ashton in studio. Brooke Watts, Star Ranch, Austin, Texas, golf instructor extraordinaire, playing the part of Jeff Smith today, and, of course, intrepid producer Mark Hunter at the controls. Routine. Doing the same thing the same way repeatedly. Uh, Sounds boring. Love it. 
but boy, does it work for your golf game. Absolutely. And, and not just a oh pre-shot routine. I mean, the routine of, of what you do when you get to the course. Absolutely. I mean, the routine of how you get to the course, what you do, honestly, the right before the round when you're at home or how you are, you know, what you do the day before. It all plays a huge, huge part in your, your athletic performance. I mean, routine is huge. You want to get your game to the next level. You definitely need to establish a routine that works for you and figuring that out and it's definitely a process yeah definitely i know that i have been you know after after four years of doing a show you know side by side with jeff i've actually been listening taking notes at times paying attention yeah and and i started doing the you know well if if everybody says practice is a smart thing maybe i should try it <laughs> you know maybe these guys know what they're talking about you know get, get on that, that bandwagon <laughs> try it out. just you know, see see what all the hype's about, right, John? Yeah, that's right. Well, a friend of mine who I have played golf with for about six years now, and I I know that he is uh, talent wise and everything a better golfer than am I. I've always you know tried to play up to his level for for many years, have failed miserably at it. Um, but we went out to play a couple times this year uh, after practicing. You know, in secret, I didn't want to let anybody know I was doing that. Um, <laughs> ruined my reputation. My practice is a four-letter word for you. <laughs> but, you know, one time I, I hit a tee shot, uh, beginning of the season, hit a tee shot uh, a little bit into the right rough on the first tee and then hit, uh, that was about 148 yards out or whatever. And from the rough, I took a seven iron and put it to about six feet from the pin. And he just looked at me and he said, how did you do that? And I said, well, would you like me to describe the technique? And he was, no, it's a rhetorical question, buddy. We'll just move on. But obviously someone came to play. And I've, yeah, been, yeah. I've been doing that more and more and more. And one of the compliments he gave me, and we played again last week, is he says, you know, I've noticed something this year, John, is you do the same thing the same way before every shot. Absolutely. And that has worked tremendously in the results of those shots. Can you explain oh, why? You know, golf is something that uh, I was actually watching a football game with a friend uh, this past weekend. And, you know, football and golf could not be polar opposite sports for so many reasons. And, you know, with golf, you've got to make sure that your emotions are in check, making sure that you are managing your game, managing yourself, managing the mental side of it. And that's where that routine comes in, that you work that process. That's what I tell my students all the time. Um, I'm actually getting T-shirts made of work the process. Uh, You need to be working on this, this, and this of you need to visual, you know, some folks are, you know, very visual like Jason day, for example. I mean, he's behind the ball. He shuts his eyes and he is visualizing the shot shape that he wants Yeah. for me. I, I can't do that. That has never worked for me. And it just, it just didn't work for me. Uh, You've got somebody like Bo Hostler that gets behind the ball and he actually closes one eye because he's left eye dominant. Mm -hmm. He looks at the, you know, lines up behind the ball with one eye shut. It is just allowing you to work that process of what works for you to make something very repeatable, to make it consistent that when you get into pressure situations, or let's say you're playing in some inclement weather, it could be wet, it could be windy, uh, you could be playing um, you know, with some really uh, important people that you want to impress, that working that process and working that routine is going to allow you to manage your emotions mm-hmm. and manage your game and help you stay a little bit more consistent. Yeah. It's absolutely huge. And it's something that I work with students um, all the time, 
every single lesson of work. Let's let's figure out the routine that works for you. I've got a lesson. I did it yesterday, actually, where before he hits the ball, I kid you not, he's an incredible ball striker. He plays left-handed and right-handed, and he scratched mm. left or right-handed. Mm. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And his process that he works that we figured out is before he hits the shot and when he's over the ball, his eyes are shut and his backswing. It allows him to relax. And he, he said it best. He said, me having my eyes open is not going to change how I take that club back. And I'm like, That's you're true. exactly right, Jake. That's true. You're exactly right. Yeah. And so it's finding out what works for you. And I think it's, you know, taking bits and pieces from PGA players, playing with better players. I tell people all the time, play yeah. with better players. Yeah. There's something that you're going to learn from them that you can emulate. Something that maybe you'd like to try out yourself and see if it works. I mean, it's golf. It is not, you know, World War Three. although some rounds feel like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, felt like that out there. It's not rocket it's surgery, just, people. Come on. Exactly. Yeah. That is exactly right. Of You know, figure out what works. That way, when you get into those high pressure situations or when you have a good ground going and you, you, you're you about to get a personal record out there of go really low, you can focus on that and everything else is going to work itself out. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things that um, that I learned from Jeff and, and I know a lot of us amateurs and even some some highly ranked collegiate golfers have a problem with aim. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Where you think you were lined up and where uh-huh. you're actually lined up are completely two different things. And I would say probably 80% of my lessons, the first thing that we work on is grip, posture, and aim yeah. in that order. First element of what I do prior to a shot is I, I use the club. I don't do quite the Jason Day thing because he looks very zen doing it and I don't. But I will use the club to point to the target area. And then yeah. kind of draw a line down the fairway to a spot just in front of my ball that Absolutely. I can use to line up on. But And I still, to this day, I know that I've done it correctly, but I still standing over the ball go, man, this is way too far left. Yes. But it's oh, not. Oh, gosh, yeah. It, and you know, training your eye and training your body, it's amazing. Your body is pointed one way and your brain knows it and it will get your body to swing and change your swing path to get it to where it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how those two are connected and how they are absolutely not connected when it comes to golf. And aim is absolutely huge. You know, you've got Nicholas that, and, and Tiger Woods did this when he was in his prime. They would aim to something about three feet in front of the ball. Yeah. It was easier for them to get squared to that point exactly. in front of them yeah. than something 200 yards down the fairway. Yeah, um, I, you know, it's it's what's going to work for you. I found that you got to pick a point that you can see while you're looking at the ball to make yes. sure that everything is in line, the club face, your feet, body, the whole nine yards. You know, and only take practice shots until you feel good. Don't – I know we played with one guy who took like seven practice shots on every hole. And yes. It's like, man, you're going to tire yourself out by hole number six, buddy. Absolutely. You know, and Harvey Pinnock, he said it best. If you are going to do a practice swing, then make it a practice swing that you're actually practicing something or just do a swing to get loose because yeah. they are two completely different things. Yeah, exactly. Completely different things. And, and as a collegiate player, I would do, I was that seven practice swing individual. I mean, gosh, it took me forever to pull the trigger. I yeah. mean, you know, I'm going on record. I apologize to everybody I played with in college. I'm surprised, you know, I didn't drive them nuts. Why? Well, I'm sure I did. <laughs> 
<laughs> they were just sweet enough to never say, Brooke, you're really annoying on the golf course. <laughs> and I started speeding up my game. And uh, and it's amazing how when I did that, my scores dropped dramatically. I it mean, is. just speeding things up. I took about eight strokes off of my game yeah. just by speeding up. It is great. we got another real foolproof technique for taking a couple strokes off your game, and we will get to it when we come right back because we are coming right back. That's the plan, Stan. We are those weekend golf guys, don't you move? Those weekend golf guys, John Ashton is in the studio. Hey, that's me. Intrepid producer Mark Hunter at the controls. And a part of Jeff Smith today, of course, capably in the hands of Brooke Watts from Star Ranch in Austin, Texas. We were talking about routine and the importance of it. And one of the things where routine and the importance thereof comes in really, really important is, you know, I mean, think of it this way. You're going to hit one driver per hole. Hopefully. <laughs> right? <laughs> God willing. One iron shot and then maybe a wedge. But every hole, you're going to have probably two putts. You have conquered something if you are an amateur golfer and you can walk off of the golf course after the 18th hole and say, I did not three putt any greens. No matter Absolutely. what your score is, if you can say that, then you shot a lot less than what you would have otherwise, everything else being Absolutely. equal. But the routine in putting is very important. What what kind of routine you use when you get when you get up to your ball on a green, Brooke? You know, the thing that I do, especially here in Texas, um, and you know, a lot of courses around the United States, is number one, you need to know to help with your routine, you need to know what kind of grass you're putting on because there's a big difference between Bermuda grass and bent grass. Because huh. as the day goes, with Bermuda greens, the grain becomes a huge factor in your routine of trying to figure out, are you going with the grain? Are you going against the grain? That is something. In Texas, we have a lot of Bermuda greens. And a lot of the tournaments, especially in the summer, for my competitive golfers, are played in the afternoon, where the grain becomes a huge prevalent factor in determining the speed of your putt. So number one with your routine, you need to know before you tee off and you're looking at the course, what kind of grass am I going to be on? Because that's going to help. I, I used to be one of those that I tried to have this perfect putting stroke. And I tell you, the more perfect I tried to make that putting stroke, I kid you not, the more figure eight-ish my putting stroke became. <laughs> I mean, it was like I was waving a wand and I was a type of magician. And I would see it out of the corner of my eye, loop inside. And I remember thinking vividly, oh, gosh, here we go. I don't know where this ball's going to go. And so... I, I stopped doing the putting strokes, the practice strokes beforehand, and I spent more time going behind the ball. And then I would walk from the ball to the hole, and I, Tom Watson said it best, listen with your feet. And that is something that I've become much more in tune with. Uh, sometimes my feet will tell me things that my eyes can't see in terms of a slope or maybe an uphill, downhill. It will tell me a lot more. And as I'm walking to the hole and I walk a little bit past it, I'm listening with my feet. And then I take a look at the putt that I'm going to have from behind the hole, because that will also give me a different perspective of things that I don't see. For me, my routine with putting is I listen with my feet I look at the grain, and I also look at the putt behind the ball and look at the putt from, the, from behind the hole to get a, basically a 360-degree 
perspective of what I'm about to face with that. And then I step up and I, I pull the trigger. I mean, within four seconds, I'm set up to that ball. I'm relaxed. I'm in my correct posture. I lock in my lower body and boom, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. One of the things that I've, I, I still am amazed by on a green on a regular basis is that the putt can look totally different. The break can look opposite when you're behind the hole than yes. when, you're, when you're in front of the hole. Because you're in front of the hole and you yes. go, oh, this is going to break to the left. And you get up there and you go, no, not this way. It can't. I mean, it's optical exactly. optical delusion is what I call it yes. because you're just totally confused. Absolutely. And that's one thing. And when you walk it, you will feel it. And I tell you, you know, that's one thing that I, I tell my students. And it's something that you have to practice and really become in tune with your feet. And, yeah. you know, you have to do that really throughout a lot of golf. That's one thing that I think a lot of us tend to lose um, lose that connection. Because the only thing that connects us to the ground, obviously, in a golf swing are our feet. Mm-hmm. And really feeling where our weight transfer is, what our feet are doing, that's going to tell you so much. Yeah. And Because there are so many, like you said, John, so many putts that you have that it looks one way, and then when you roll it, you're thinking, I did not see that. And, so, and you know, sometimes that happens. And one thing I always tell my my players, and this is part of the routine as well, if you hit a putt and it goes flying, screaming past the hole, watch it. Watch what that ball does. Oh, exactly. And I learned this from my... Yeah. I learned from my college coach my freshman year. He said, because you've got the break coming back. Yeah. You've got the answer key. So you're going to do you know, the same thing up. on the other way. Yeah, you know. Exactly right. So make sure you add that. Yeah. You also need to to know what the break is to know if you uh, if you screwed it up or not. You know, because a lot of times you, you hit a putt, you think it's going to break a little bit to the left and it goes wide right. You go, okay, now did it break that way? Or did I push it out that way? This is one thing that I tell my my students a lot is to help make sure that it's not you and that it is the break is make sure you lock in your lower body with your putting. Make sure that is part of your routine. I, I tell my students all the time, you know, there is a time and place to do the uh, Beyonce knees, you know, all <laughs> all the single ladies dance, and it's not on the putting green. You know, there is there's plenty of opportunities to dance, but let's not do that on the putting green. And they, they die laughing. And when I tell them that, and I say, lock it in. Lock in those knees. Don't have them flex. Don't have them twist around. Because when you do that, your distance control and the direction of your putt are going to be way, way off. And if you lock that in, then you're you're much more likely to hit the putt that it wasn't you that caused the putt to go that way. It right. was the break. And if you can take that out, man, you'll be amazed how much more relaxed and freeing you are when you're putting. And you'll start making more putts. Or at least getting your first one close. I mean, six oh six footer second putts are knee knockers. I mean, you can you can That's have a, yeah. you can have your lower body as still as you want, but those knees are still going to be knocking together. Let me tell you. Exactly. That's, yeah. As I say, that's a lot of meat left on that bone. That's Nobody right. wants that. You know, one of the things too. Let me let me run this by you because it makes sense to me. The the you know I know just enough about science to be dangerous. The brain is is a marvelous thing. And the calculations your brain is doing on a golf course are, you know, I mean, it's algorithm city, man. It's, it's stuff that guys at MIT still can't figure out. But the, exactly. ca- the calculation that it does when you hit a golf ball with direction and speed and force and angle and all that kind of stuff, it needs a reference point. So when I practice, and I always do a couple of practice swings with my putter before I step up to the ball, when I do those practice swings, I'm looking at the hole Mm -hmm. to give my brain a reference point because it needs that information in order to calculate how much force my body should be using to get the ball there. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's amazing, you know, how well that works because it is amazing. Your brain and your body will connect on that, that you will figure it out. And it's it's amazing. I'll have kids, adults, whoever I'm teaching, take about five practice strokes and I want you to do it, you know, back and forth, kind of like a tick-tock motion, grandfather right. clock, arm swinging. It's the same speed going back and going through. And then on that third, maybe fourth swing, they've got the swing length exactly where they need because with putting – the, in order to hit a putt longer or shorter, you adjust the swing length. Don't ever, ever mess with the acceleration of the putt because that's what's going to make it very difficult when you start changing uh, different areas that you play in in the mm-hmm. United States, yeah. different types of grass, different um, you know, different hardness of the greens. Always keep the acceleration the same. That way it can transfer to courses differently and your brain will start being able to adapt to it. Uh, okay, I'm going to look at the hall. I've got a six-footer downhill you'll start graining in that stroke. You know, you've got Jordan Spieth that six feet and in, he's not even looking at the ball. No, he he's looks just at, looking the at the hole. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, us looking at the ball or us looking at the putter stroke, that that never is not a guarantee that it's going to be perfect. I mean, shoot, sometimes you don't want to see it. Lord knows I didn't want to see half of my putter strokes <laughs> that I made in my competitive <laughs> career. And it sure didn't make the result any better. But it is, yes, looking at the hole will help with your distance control and help groove that putting stroke. And another aspect to routine, um, pre-round routine, is you've got to spend a little bit of time on the practice green. Absolutely. Just just to get the feel, because one of the one of the elements of those calculations your brain is doing is how fast is this ball going to roll after I hit it with this much force. Your brain knows Absolutely. all these things. You don't, but your brain is making these calculations and filing all of these values away. Absolutely. I tell you, you know, one thing that goes into routine is adding into your routine before you play, make sure that you get to the golf course in ample enough time so you can get warmed up. And you're exactly right, John. Spend time on the putting green. I think that's one thing that people don't spend enough time on. Um, You take the guys on tour, they're, you know, warming up an hour and a half before their round, before they go play. And the thing that's amazing is of that hour and a half, they are spending 60 minutes working a hundred yards and in. Yeah. And then you've got Jordan Spieth. This is the thing that's fascinating. Before he plays, he he spends 60 minutes working a hundred yards and in, and he hits four drivers. That's it. Regardless of if they're good or not, yeah. only four drivers, and then boom, he's right back on that putting green. Because that is where you're going to save your round. That is where you're going to get some really, really good rounds going is on that putting green. If your intention is to impress your buddies, then by all means, practice your driver. But if your intention is to beat your buddies, then uh, spend, practice your putting. Practice your putting. That's right. Yes, sir. Because uh, that's that's where it all comes down. That separates the the rank amateurs from the oh man, I actually learned how to practice. Trust absolutely. Trust me, I know whereof I speak. And we'll be speaking some more. We're coming right back. We've got more time together. Don't you move. We are those weekend golf guys. Thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Jeff's quick fix. It's a tab. You can't miss it. Go there and uh Just get yourself a little video, send it up to Jeff. He will respond directly. You may even hear about yourself on the radio. We want to get it fixed, whatever the problem may be. Jeff's quick fix at thoseweekendgolfguys.com.
And the good news is we still have some time together today, this weekend. The Weekend Golf Guys, John Ashton in studio, Brooke Watts from a star ranch in Austin, Tejas. She's playing a part of Jeff Smith today, of course. It's not that he's got a voice problem. It's a totally different person. And also, uh, intrepid producer Mark Hunter at the controls. That's how it goes. We are those weekend golf guys talking about routine, how you can uh, feel more comfortable. If you feel more comfortable, you're going to shoot better. Plain and simple. You're not going to be stiff because you have to be relaxed. You have Your body has to be able to work in the manner to which it was designed to work. And when you're stiff, it doesn't work that way. Absolutely. Like, like I was at the, the football game last weekend. Guys said, down in front. I said, sorry, I don't bend that way. You know, uh, speaking of football, yes, we are a golf show, but yes, we are also sports enthusiasts. My man, Charlie Strong, former University oh of Louisville coach. Uh, yeah. People aren't calling for his head anymore, are they? Down there at the University you, of Texas. That guy, I tell you what he has done for the University of Texas. He has turned a culture around for that football team. And, you know, he is the first football coach in the University of Texas history that has had every football player academically eligible. Yeah. And he started that last year. Yeah. And I tell you, he is he's not only producing great athletes, he is producing great men. Yeah. And he has stuck to his guns about you're going to be a good student, you're going to be a good athlete, and you're going to be a good person. And bless his heart, he he went to hell and back, and he, he had some rough, uh, rough times. But I tell you, that Notre Dame game, I was there, and I Ooh. tell you— those players were throwing him around like he was a ragdoll. He's yeah. the big boy. He and is. I mean, he is a large individual. Up. Yes, indeed. Oh, bo- oh my gosh. I mean, he is strong and big, and you could tell how elated the fans, yeah. the players, the coaching staff. I mean, it was like the world had been lifted off of all of our shoulders. And to do that, absolutely incredible. And I tell you, you know, uh, Austin and you know the the state of Texas that it's behind the University of Texas. They are all behind Strong, and I tell you, he he needed that win. Yes. I tell you, that was an that was an amazing thing to see. And I tell you, I I love what Coach Strong is doing for the the program, the University of Texas, and then the, also the example that he's setting nationwide for collegiate coaches. Right, and if you want to know what kind of a football player and what kind of a a man that Coach Strong can. Um, can create or deliver or whatever. I have two two words for you. Teddy Bridgewater. Right. Okay. <laughs> Worked out well. Yeah. So that's uh, that's it. Now, we're here in, in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Yes. We're normally, when it's basketball season, everybody's talking about us. When it's football season, it's like, who? We, we actually have a top 10 team now. Uh, a little later on today, in fact, you know, do you know how difficult it is trying to navigate the, the area? I live close to the stadium, Papa John Stadium, and, and uh, ESPN's game days in town today. Yes. So oh, it's like, know. road closed. Come on, come on I got to get to work, man. Give me a break. Hopefully it, we'll it, get there. Top 10, Florida State playing the Cardinals. Yeah. Let's go. It's it's going to be a great game, and I tell you, you know the uh, in the foundation that Coach Strong laid at Louisville. Yeah, I mean that is something that it is just the foundation on anything. If you got a good foundation, yep. you build off of that. That's and right. I tell you, he is. It's, I, it's incredible. It's a foundation not even Bobby Petrino can can mess up. <laughs> <laughs> At least not yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go, Coach. Uh, we love you, man. Uh, one of the things that um, get gets us in the mood for, for all sports, because a lot of people, you know, they're looking at uh, another four to six weeks and the clubs are going in the garage. And, you know, you're putting a couple mothballs to keep the spiders off of them and uh, you're just going to stare at them longingly for the next few months. 
our friends in the uh, in the Northeast and the uh, yes. Upper Midwest and things like that, which is sad. Do want to let you know that uh, maybe we maybe we should put a trip together and let's, let's all get together and go down and see uh, see Brooke. Absolutely, I tell you, you know, it is right now. It is it's it is a uh, it's a brisk ninety two degrees <laughs> down here. I tell you, you might want to pack a, a light jacket or sweater. <laughs> it is just you know just you know really chilly out there. But yeah, come on down. You know, Jeff and I were talking recently about that. Of you know, he's got maybe three more weeks where he can teach outside, yeah. and then he's got to be inside. And I say, gosh, you know, I am I'm able to be outside pretty much you know, 50 weeks out of the year, you know, if I get canceled, it's due to rain or, uh, you know, due to really, really, really cold weather, which is odd, but yeah, y'all come on down anytime. Austin is the, it's the place to be only 300 people a day move here. So yeah, yeah y'all come on down. I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird place. Keep Austin weird. I've, I've Keep seen, Austin weird. seen That's the right. bumper You'll fit sticker. right in, John. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to fit right in, sir. Nothing but love for you, John. But in Nothing that in love. that tier, geographically speaking, of the country, I know you know a lot of us on the East Coast go to South Carolina or we go to Florida, Georgia during the winter. It's iffy. I've, I've been in Orlando in January, and one day it's 70, and the next day it's 40. Exactly. Uh, what's, oh, absolutely. Or what, down rain. What, what, kind of, what kind of weather you have in the in the southwest the texas you know moving on to new mexico arizona places like that is it basically comfortable all year round or what pretty much you know if you get you know austin is um it's, it's amazing you know where austin is you know basically being in the central part of the the state of texas yeah. you know ours is you know we do get cold weather now if you go to dallas dallas will get the winter weather conditions they will get the snow and the sleet and the ice and yeah. that's only about three hours north of us but it is amazing the difference in climate um austin san antonio houston we stay pretty mild austin between austin san antonio and houston austin will get the colder weather of those uh, of the three mm-hmm. uh, Dallas definitely gets it but Austin I, you know we are really really lucky gosh you know this last year Christmas Eve I kid you not it was 78 degrees you're yeah. wearing shorts yeah. and then and then we had a cold snap come through there and with the wind it was in the 30s which is with just the wind chill but we're lucky I mean you can play golf honestly 50 51 weeks maybe 52 weeks depending on how brave you are out of the year yeah. so yeah y'all come on down anytime and it is it can be a little bit of a crapshoot i mean gosh growing up here i had many halloweens where i sweated the makeup off for my costume or mm-hmm. i had to add a jacket you, you just never know but right. if you stick around long enough it'll change for better or worse well you know if somebody coming from a place where it's 13 below and they've got two and a half feet of snow in the ground you know the right. difference the difference between 50 and 40 is going to be negligible Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, you know, and I sound like such a weenie. I tell you, I went to go see Jeff one time and it was Memorial weekend and I didn't take enough clothes. He's in <laughs> shorts and a short sleeve shirt and I've got a winter hat on. And gloves, <laughs> and I was freezing. And he, I said, I've never been this cold on a Memorial weekend. And he thought it was hilarious. He thought I was being funny. I was like, no, seriously, do you have any more clothes? I'm freezing. <laughs> and he said, it, you know, it's all, uh, it's all relative of wh- what you're used to and where you are. But, uh, you know, I would definitely stay away from from this area in the uh, July August months because yeah. that's when it gets about 120 yeah. with the heat index. But yeah. gosh, you know, starting now between October, gorgeous. Yeah. Um, e- even through December, it's really really good. January, February tend to be a little little chilly, but you know what? It doesn't. It's not bad compared to what y'all have to go through at all. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing though how quickly your blood thins when you move south. 
Gosh, it it really exactly. does. Exactly, it, uh, it really does. Absolutely. I, sit, I, I don't know how y'all do it. I was sitting at a at a hotel in Maine this past <laughs> summer, and the owner of the hotel came out. And she said, "I'm real sorry. It's so cold. It's or so hot. I'm so sorry. It's so hot. It was 82 degrees." <laughs> oh my god! And I showed her. I said, "Well, at home right now, it's 96, and the heat index is 105. So I'm fine. Thank you very much. I'm loving it." <laughs> But uh, the Canadians who were there exactly. were like, oh, man, I, uh, you know, when does my skin begin to blister? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever the French is for when's my skin going to blister because <laughs> they were all French Canadians. But, um, yeah, it is pl- playing. You can be comfortable, though, in, in cooler weather much more easily than you can in hot weather. Because, well, you know, you know there's, there is no naked golf allowed in most places. <laughs> You know, it is frowned upon. Yeah. I think as long as you have a collar on, you'll be okay. <laughs> Let's try it and see. <laughs> you first. <laughs> I, I think, it, you know, the way that our rules are, as long as you've got a collar on, then I think yeah. you're okay. You know, That's they right. Say That's that right. you have to have on pants. So I think, you know, it has there's never, a gray area there. It has but, never uh, been stated, has it? Fantastic. <laughs> exactly right. So naked golf uh, with a know. shower on every tee box. That's exactly right. And, you know, it's so funny that you, well, not that you'd be, you know, not playing golf with clothes on, but talking about, you know, for me, I play much better golf the hotter it is. When it starts getting cold mm-hmm. and I have to start putting on layers, that is something that's diffi- more difficult for me to do than actually when it's, you know, 108. Well, it does, um, it does it, impede your swing and your mobility. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, that yeah. is something that it is, uh, it is uh, trickier for me. I mean, I end up having one of those back swings like the gentleman you played with. Where <laughs> I feel like maybe I'm taking it two feet back. <laughs> and if you just and, joined uh, us, refer to the beginning of the show and you'll know whereof she speaks. Brooke Watts, really appreciate you hanging out and carving out some time for us today. And, uh, you know, this Jeff guy, he's got to stop going away or he just may lose the gig forever. Thoseweekendgolfguys.com is where we are. You can check us out. And uh, if and when we can arrange a a little uh, listener trip down to see the lovely and talented Miss Brooke in Austin, Texas. It's Star Ranch. Uh, We'll work that out and let you know. Facebook.com slash golfguys. Follow us on Twitter at WKND Golf Guys. And uh, keep your eyes open because uh, we're putting together a, uh, a gift guide, something special for you to give the uh, golfer on your holiday list that he will actually, he and or she, will absolutely love you for. So check it out. We'll be back next weekend, same place, same time. In the interim, hey, go play some golf. Bye. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.